Bonjour and welcome to Let the Meat Takes Sports Podcast with Yari Jera. I'm Jonathan here with Justin and Scotty. How are you guys Hello. doing? Hello. My day started by uh, taking a shower like most people, except my toddler wanted to throw his bluey doll, which is a stuffed animal, into the tub. And so I was playing defense and I successfully prevented him from doing that. But he had a like a he hot routed to the toilet and threw the doll in the toilet. And mm. so there's that. He was like, Oh, you playing man coverage, huh? <laughs> exactly. Hey, Bluey is a fun show, man. I stand by Bluey. I love Bluey. I wish he liked watching it more, but he does love his doll. Yeah, my uh, my nieces have the Bluey doll, but I've never seen him watch it. Is he supposed to be like a dog or a wolf? It's an Australian a Blue Shepherd. Yeah, okay. Blue Heel. Actually, it's a girl. She oh, is. Geez, excuse me. Yeah. Really bucking the gender tropes with that show. Anyhow, um, well, we are exactly a week. No, two a week. Not eight days from the first college football game. Nine days. Some amount of time. Well, it's like what Coming was up. the Nebraska game? It's either Tuesday or Thursday next week. I can't remember. Two weeks from the first weekend of college football. I'll just say it that way. Yeah, um, we get to see Little Red suit up like mm-hmm, eighty times. Like football, it's just like mascot mode. In a mm-hmm. play football, do you remember that? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, I remember that mode. That <laughs> I used to like playing as a Syracuse orange because it's just an orange orb with legs. If yeah. you could get him to play against the Stanford Cardinal, which is just a tree with legs, it was always a good time. <laughs> but then there was always something really creepy and unsettling about the Penn State Nittany Lion. Oh, it was a little it was being it was, uh, weirdly. Two, to anthro on the anthropomorphic side of things. If you know what <laughs> um, well, and so uh, next week we do plan on having like a college football preview show. I'm not sure what that entails. We do know we're going to have somebody on who's going to take us through their ranking system, but I'm sure we'll talk about other things as well. If not, um, I will put it upon myself to learn the intricacies of this ranking system and give this person full credit uh, while, but while butchering their their life's work. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm sure he'll appreciate somebody else trying to kind of explain it for him. Um, so we're going to save most of our college football stuff for then. However, if you guys have any, uh, or if you saw any terrible takes that were college football related, please do share. Cause now is the time I'm looking through what I've seen slash posted. Um, I have okay. This one kind of counts, but uh, so I have. I'll say I have one. Do, do any of you have one? Yeah, I got the Canel one. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Canel is a giver. He really provides the good stuff. He won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> I'm still upset he joined what is probably my favorite college football podcast to replace Barton Simmons. Cover three. He's not. He's not as bad in podcast form where things get explained a little more and it's not as hot takey from him, but he's definitely uh Yeah. Not the strongest point of that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he you know, the 
They've been talking a lot about COVID protocols, vaccination rates for teens, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Auburn has just barely hit 50%. Their coach is unvaccinated and just tested positive for COVID after being at practice with a bunch of unvaccinated players. So Wait, their head coach tested positive for COVID? Yeah, War Eagle, baby. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I knew he was pretty very... anti-vax. Yeah, he's pro-COVID, apparently. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, most conferences at this point have said, okay, your team needs to be at this level of vaccination percentage, right? Or given guidelines. And I think maybe even all the major conferences at this point have said, hey, if you get a game canceled because you're in COVID protocol, you don't have enough players, this isn't a, a makeup game scenario. You forfeit. Your game's Oops. done. That's an L, right? Yeah, it's an L. Just take it and move on. And in response to that, Danny Cannell said, I have zero clue why these conferences are coming out with such rigid policies on COVID forfeits when we're dealing with an incredibly unpredictable virus. Why not try to at least attempt to make up games? Uh, Which, you know, the abbreviated version is my favorite. Just stop it. I have no clue. All right, it really gets to the point a lot quicker. Saves everybody a lot of time. But... Yeah, I mean, it's stupid. Like, you can't think for two seconds, wow, why would they do this? Maybe they're trying to encourage people to get vaccinated so you don't have to miss games. Whoa, gee, look at that. Rocket science, Danny Cannell. Like, just no clue. Makes no sense. Can't even figure it out. When you posted that, I immediately went to the replies. Of course. And somebody um, commented that there's a step on there on there's a step on here on august 19th that programs can take to decrease the chances of their games being forwarded having your team vaccinated dramatically changes the contact tracing procedures yep so exactly like i'm not going to read the the entire thing but it sounds like if you like try and by trying meaning get vaccinated they're probably not going to like, yeah, you know. they have different rules and to set up for how often you have to get tested if you're like vaccinated versus unvaccinated, that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're vaccinated, you're less likely to get it. And if you're being tested once a week instead of like six times a week, you're a lot less likely to pop up a negative test at the wrong time. Right. And then the contact tracing stuff is all different. It's pretty clear that if your team has a high vaccination rate, then it's going to be almost impossible to have to forfeit a game. The only way you would possibly, in that scenario, be missing a game is if there's like such a widespread outbreak where college football is just not happening. And in that scenario, who cares about the forfeit policy? Because the whole season is kaput, right? So right. it's, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's pretty, I mean, this is like aggressively dumb, even for somebody who mostly <laughs> makes a living by being hot take uh, Twitter guy. Hey, man. Hold on. Yeah, What's FSU's vaccination rate? <laughs> I love that's how anyone, anytime Danny Cannell has like any kind of hot take, I remember he sounded off on Eric Gilbert leaving the Georgia football program a week ago. He's like, oh, what a. Is that what Kirby Smart does, valuing talent over character? 
It's like, man, would you have said this about Bobby Bowden during his entire I was, Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought when he said that. I was like, are you kidding me? This is coming from the Danny Cannell that said that went to Bobby Bowden and begged him to let Randy Moss play while he was suspended for the whole season. <laughs> like that Danny Cannell said that. And here's the thing. He was right to beg for Randy Moss to play. You know how good Randy Moss is? It's worth it. Gosh, I miss Randy Moss making sick grabs, talking with that crazy West Virginia accent on the sideline. What a guy. Oh, that's great. This one hand catches like right over people and then talk about how he's going to go fishing next weekend. <laughs> I just took a little bit of sticking on my, my, on my, my glove right here. It's good for catching crappy out of the river, too. <laughs> that was a fantastic Randy Moss. Oh, I, I need to hear bad. that one again. Of course it was bad. <laughs> just do a country accent. It's not hard. That's how he talks. Yeah, I just want to get that the Appalachia. Yeah. Whatever it is to it. Yeah. Man. Um <sighs> did you guys see uh there's a lot of for some reason week one is always and co- this is probably the last thing I'll say about college football. Week one is always just like the world's fair of bad sports uniforms ideas. You know, we already talked about little red in great detail for Nebraska, but I saw that Georgia and Clemson have both committed to doing the, the NFL color rush thing. Georgia's going to wear all red. Clemson's going to wear all purple. So I'm not sure that's a, the teams have actually committed to it thing right now. It's just kind of a, a random rumor. Okay. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just, just a rumor at this point. I wonder if the the marketing departments just wanted to float it out there to see what Twitter would say. My favorite response came from a, a Georgia football account fan account. This is C Dog Knight on Twitter. He said, "We look like ketchup bottles, and Clemson looks like a herd of Barney dinosaurs." <laughs> with with in the, with a Photoshop of Georgia wearing you know red britches and red. Go you silver britches? Question mark. Go you red ketchup bottle britches. Go. Oh. That's oh man. Funny. At least it's better than the red Power Ranger uniforms they wore at the beginning of the year. Um, a couple of seasons ago, not a couple, sure. several seasons ago. That was almost. Although I was super ago. into those because I like Power Rangers, and so if you're gonna look like a red Power Ranger, I'm into it. But I don't think it's very college football. I'll say that. That also looks dumber when you lose to Boise State when you're wearing them. <laughs> That's very true. Oh boy, I have okay. So I have this isn't. I guess it's technically college football. I guess it's more NFL. But uh, I saw someone posted a uh, um, a quote from Justin Fields. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, listen, I'm not a Fields hater. Like, he's from Kennesaw. So I'm, I support him. I want him to do well. I'm not, like, looking for him to be bad. But he when he, when he says stuff like this, it makes me kind of just go. <sighs> when asked about the speed of the NFL, Justin Fields said, it was actually kind of slow to me. Mm. <laughs> and so they played a preseason game against the Bills. Oh, this was, was preseason football? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And one of the Bills <laughs> defenders just lit his ass up. And helmets flying. And the image is just a, uh, a, the shot over the helmet, like in midair. And his face just getting destroyed by this defender. 
Yeah, now, I don't know the context. I don't know if he's getting sacked or if he threw the ball and this is his hit after the throw or anything like that. But it, it was funny. The little was caption a... was like, he knew that quote would come back to haunt him. Oh, yeah. There was no way that quote didn't show up just all over the place. <laughs> well, uh... he's, he's, you could tell he's hyper aware of what other people say about him because that was one of the top three concerns about Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. Can he can he handle the speed of the NFL? It was actually kind of slow to me. No one likes that guy. You know what I mean? Like when you're talking to anybody, regardless of the field, whether we're talking sports or not, where you go like, man, I've heard traveling to the other side of the world is so difficult. Like because of all the plane changes and time changes. Like, how did you handle it? It was actually not bad for me. I did pretty good. Like, no one likes that guy. Like, just commiserate for one second. Can we please? Like, I love changing planes four times in Europe and not knowing and screwing up my circadian rhythm. I thought it was I don't even have a circadian rhythm. I'm an android. I just <laughs> plug in at night. Gosh. Well, it was kind of slow for me. It's a little bit you slow. Know. You know, they're, don't, they're only bringing four rushers in those first, second preseason game. It's all guys with like single digit numbers hoping they can get a roster spot. You know, I could see I could see where he's coming from. <sighs> all right. Well that's that that was my quasi in between college football NFL take. Um let's see here. Another did you guys bad. did you guys hear about the uh, Corgi races? This is, sorry? this is not any sport I don't think we've ever talked about on the show, but uh, they had this back in July, and I'm really, really mad that we didn't get a live broadcast of it because uh, one of the alternate ESPN channels aired it this weekend. And uh, mean, I got. got you mean they it. didn't live broadcast Corgi racing? No, no, no. They did not. They, they somehow thought that millions of Americans would have no interest in watching a bunch of, you know, mid sized dogs with giant fluffy butts running on a track. This is more entertaining to bowling. You know, all those is it Sundays or what day is it? Their off season thing where ESPN is nothing but wall to wall PBA bowling. Well, that's the thing. Like I was at, um, I, I remember watch fourth this. Of July. Yeah. Fourth of July this year, they had like cornhole competitions and stuff. And that's oh. boring. Watch yeah, it. Okay. Gosh, it's, and it's like, I'm, I can't stop watching the replays cause it is, is you know corgis are weird because they look like perpetual toddler dogs and this event looked reminded me of something of like a kindergarten first grade field day in elementary school where the kids really don't know <laughs> the rules of the game they're playing they're just kind of running around <laughs> as soon as the whistle goes off one of the corgis just <laughs> beelined it to the left to the field outside the track didn't even make an effort and you just see a lot of people just holding looks like they're holding toys and treats at the finish line <laughs> And having the fastest dog didn't matter. If, you, if your dog could just run in a straight line, you were guaranteed to win. <laughs> oh, my God. That one Corgi at the beginning, he, like, takes two steps and then goes, snack, please. That's me. That's my Corgi. That's my Corgi spirit animal. Everyone's sprinting. And he sprints two steps, turns and goes, treats. I did it. <laughs> oh, the uh. That's funny. One of the one of the highlights that you post are from the link that you posted. The the winner was a dog named Angus, which is a great name for a dog. 
Angus. Wait, I, I gotta read. I gotta read the names of this of these dogs. You ready? We have Chance, Angus, Rue, King Leo, Boris, Outlands, Willow Wisp. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> is he sponsored? Is that like a brand or something? Sabine Wren. Oh, that's very yeah. eccentric. Gravy, another great S- name. Sabine Wren is from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, she's the oh. annoying. You know, she's one has to like paint her armor and stuff. I need more paints for my armor, and I don't want a dark saber. Oh, that is Sabine. Yes, I didn't know her last name. But another classic Justin impression. Foxy Roxy, Kors, <laughs> Korzik. That's probably from another thing. I don't know. Tubulin and Rye. Right. Why are from Seattle, Washington? They're all from Washington. Yeah, I, I would guess this was probably held somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Nowhere, no, nowhere else in this country would people think, hmm, we should get all these corgis and make them race. Put, put numbers on them. Let's bet money. Jonathan, it looks like Korzik is a Russian shortbread. So that's where that <laughs> is from. Hmm. It probably looks like a corgi. I would imagine. I'm super into Corgi racing. I need to know next time they're on TV. I need I don't to know. It, I don't know if it's true, but I heard that their boat, their butts float in the water. <laughs> can't make their butt think. It's just like a, you know, they just thick. You know, they thick boys and girls. They're thick boys and girls for sure. That's amazing. If we can get Corgis to play water polo. That might be the end of all other sports. With their butts, they're just butts floating in the air. (laughs) Butts floating in the water. Kibbles and bits floating everywhere. (laughs) Oh, man, that's Uh, funny. Um, So I wanted to, I posted this to chat about it because um, I don't know if there's people on Twitter or elsewhere that y'all follow who is just like one of your favorite follows um, because they just really do a great job of crapping on other people or making fun of other people. Those are generally my favorite Twitter follows is the people who just make fun of either bad takes or dumb takes or whatever. So the Braves have a mascot named Blooper. And he is a very polarizing mascot. Like the kids love him because more you know, polarizing mascot, than Chief Nakahoma. Maybe. I don't know about that. He's up there. Uh the kids love him and you know He's made for kids, so that counts for a lot. But, uh, you know, regular old plain Jane adult Braves fan kind of does not like him. Um, For sure. So I don't know who moderates the Blooper Braves account on Twitter, which is verified, by the way. Um, But they are amazing. If I, I cannot recommend following them enough. Because they they're they're very dry. Their replies are short, and they just do not care. The uh, the uh, the one that I really loved in particular was an inter- exchange he had with a um with a fa- with a non fan. He says, and I quote: "This is blooper." An unnamed unnamed fan bases stay mad in my DMs like they don't realize how disliked I was by Braves fans when I started. I'm invincible <laughs> to the haters at this point. <laughs> and then some guy named Craig replied and said, I still don't really like you, dot, dot, dot. And Blooper <laughs> replied, thanks, Craig. 
He was definitely invisible to the haters when he wore a ghillie suit during the playoffs last year against the Reds. That was so good. He just, that was so good. <laughs> it was amazing. I think we tweeted about it. He just, ugh, gosh, just he stood still as a rock on top of the dugout. Wearing, and there was never any explanation of why he was wearing a ghillie suit. But I do remember he tweeted before the game, blooper going dark. <laughs> he even has going dark. <laughs> Blending in. Uh. He says, like, two days, two, three days ago, he tweeted, I'm making props. I need tunes, please. And somebody replied, Nickelback, 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 Nickelback. And then he posted a blooper and Nickelback. It's cool to like them now. <laughs> if you say so. My, oh, I, I think the two, th- the, the things that blooper has going for him the most right now is uh, he's not Chief Nakahoma, so there's nothing about him that could offend anyone except unless you're just, you know, really disappointed that we have a nothing burger mascot. Um, his name, when yelled really loudly, doesn't sound offensive. <laughs> yes, Colorado, looking at you. <laughs> uh, I guess my only beef with him is that he seems like he was kind of our generic knockoff version of the Phillies mascot. Oh, the fanatic? Yeah, this this fuzzy, like... Fuzzy yeah, but he nut- doesn't he doesn't spin his hula hoop waist uncomfortably. Like the fanatic does, so in that, yeah, but in he that does, way, he does twerk, so that's way more Atlanta. <laughs> yes, that's he does true. twerk. Oh. He dances really good. Here does blooper. I'm sure they have an like a team of bloopers. <laughs> it can't be the same person, right? Every time. Yeah, I think they got like uh, you know people that specialize a little bit more. They're like, oh, give us the twerking blooper, and they're like, yeah, give us we the got blooper a- that can make it clap. We got we got the Yankees in for a two game set. Let's get the really snarky blooper to see if he can come up with any like any snark. I think, got, he, I think he should just leave a giant stack of New Yorkers outside their dugout. They're not gonna read them. Nobody does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, that is my recommendation. Like, I, I love what was it earlier this year playing in Cincinnati and he was running around with a sign that says chili doesn't go on spaghetti. <laughs> I didn't know he did that. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Oh man, that's funny. I had no idea. Now, see, follow him on Twitter for all the uh, all the. I hadn't followed him until recently, so I probably would have seen that um, back then. Um, uh, I'm trying to see any any of y'all have any more terrible takes. I see here a. Uh, your basic, you know, most overhyped players for 2021 season. And, you know, at the top of the list was Shohei Otani, who, in fact, is having kind of a ridiculous year. Um, it's definitely it, not been good, right? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely been overhyped. But my favorite part of that is like, not to steal freezing cold takes thunder, which is another great um, Twitter you should follow. But my favorite part of that is when they posted that freezing cold take. Going into the replies and seeing people make cases for why, even though he's been so good, he's still been overhyped. And I'm like, why do these people exist? Like, like, is it that thing where like, this is my, this is where my brain goes. Is it that thing where you, you're taught in high school or something to pick a thesis and defend it? 
So people pick a thesis and then look to defend it at all costs, even if the thesis is just like flat out stupid. Like I, I don't know. It's like we. I wish sometimes we had we hadn't taught people how to write research papers. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's part of it is a lot of times people use overhyped and overrated to mean bad or not good. People use it that way, just in general, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people use it to mean the perception of them is greater than how good they are. So, like in that sense, right? Almost, you know, Michael Jordan's overrated because you have by a lot of people because a lot of people are like, oh, Michael Jordan's the goat, and there's no discussion or debate. Okay, well, that's not realistic. There's other people at least in the debate, so okay, so a lot of people Michael sense, Jordan's overrated. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's, you know, wasn't absolutely phenomenal in basketball. But right. what people thought of Otani at the start of the season is was not overrating <laughs> how good he's actually been, right? right? So people are missing that that's a, a different conversation. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. He's hit 40 home runs, which is just... And he's 8-1 and one on the mound? Yeah, I don't remember his uh, pitching stats. It's crazy you have to remember his pitching and hitting stats. Yeah, you got to look up both sides. So crazy. Yeah, his his basically he has a batting war of four and a pitching war of four. That's which is pretty combined nuts. eight. This uh, reply to that was perfect. It says, who's more overrated, Shohei Otani or LeBron James? We debate tomorrow on Undisputed. Oh, Skip Bayless. Just end it now. Right? Uh. Anybody, uh, if y'all don't have anything else, I have the perfect, perfect, well, I think it's perfect way we can end today. Are we going to be united or are we going to be... Yeah, I think this is a take that unites us. Troubling times when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow. We need a sports take to bring us back together. Now more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. So, uh, <coughs> RIP the Atlanta Thrashers. You mean the but never forgotten. Where did they move? Edmonton, Wilmington, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Winnipeg. 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 I said Wilmington. Yeah, they're in Delaware now. They're in the Bur- they're the Burlington Coat Factory now. <laughs> in the Burlington. Continue. Well, in a desperate attempt to sell tickets, the Atlanta Thrashers staged a fake arrest of their mascot back in 2010. <laughs> Five thousand <laughs> tickets had to be sold to free thrash. <laughs> Just there's 5, pictures. <laughs> yeah, there's pictures posted of Atlanta police arresting the Thrashers mascot. A press conference asking them to free thrash. And he's getting like, there's another photo of him getting like, you know, hands up against the wall, like it's padded down, like a pad down search with him doing that. (laughs) And then like a perp walked out of City Hall (laughs) with some lawyer looking people. And I'm thinking, man, things have changed in 10 years. (laughs) Oi. Can you imagine if, if any sports franchise did that nowadays oh my gosh see they yeah. missed they if only they had atl scoop back then 
If you want to know what things look like when your franchise is struggling and about to move out of the city, that's it right there. Staging the fake arrest. I think they staged a wedding for him, too, because I'm looking at a Business Insider article from 2011, and the headline is, Conflicting reports say the Atlanta Threshers may or may not be moving to Canada, and the picture they chose was a picture of him in a tuxedo escorting a woman in a wedding dress down the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) Thrash, Thrash had a big year before they finally dumped his butt in Winnipeg. He got went to jail, somehow yeah. got off. Got yeah, you could tell they were they were on their way out when all the ideas were just getting, oh yeah, sure, do it. Oh yeah. Oh, you want to do what? Oh yeah, go do it. <laughs> we have to sell five thousand tickets. <laughs> That's his bail. His bail is five thousand tickets. <laughs> I wonder if he got made bail. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. I do applaud trying to be creative and somewhat viral, but I don't know. It's always sad. Like, for example, when you see, is Groupon still a thing? Groupon used to be like a big deal. But you'd hop on there and you'd see the sports franchises with like a Groupon, like eight tickets for $12. And you're like, oh, they're not selling any tickets. (laughs) I believe it's still a thing because one of my friends found a discount deal for, uh, sensory deprivation tanks on there. It was like a group rate. You guys want to go float in the tank? Uh, oh, still a thing. Still a yeah. thing. No, I don't want to. Oh, I got to say, the stock price has been on a downward trend for the last five years. Well, mm. I say last five years, more like last, I don't know, 12 years. So now's, <laughs> the, so now's the time to buy, is what you're saying. Now's the time to yeah, buy. Yeah, baby, to the moon. We're bringing it back. To the moon. Maybe Groupon's the next GME. I you heard know. it here first. We're gonna be saying they're gonna be saying that about every middling or failing company for the next ten years. Maybe the next GME. <laughs> well, I can't that's wait. It. That's it, fellas. That's all I got. You all excited about co- you excited about college football? College football, always. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm just ready for it to start so that uh, some of the dumb stuff can go by the wayside. Yes, correct. I can't wait to see if all the the blown up smoke about Brock Bowers and Adnai Mitchell for the Georgia Bulldogs has any value, any merit to it. It probably doesn't. I don't know. Probably not. But, you know, I mean, it it does. And that those guys are good players. And it also doesn't in that they're true freshmen that weren't supposed to be starting, but they're starting because more veteran guys are injured. True. So like they're getting hype because they're good. You just weren't counting. You weren't expecting to have to count on them in two weeks. You're expecting to count on them in like a year or two. Mm. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, until next week. Until, until next week. Next week. Oh, right. What do you mean until next week? What does that mean? Ah, uh, you said you said it. Yeah, because next week we're gonna do our college football preview show. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. All right, come back next week. We talk about a ranking system that has a Clay Travis metric built into it. <laughs> oh yes. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs>